Hello and welcome to episode number 44 of the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm John Tortorelli with my co-hosts Brandon Capizello and Justin Ray. Super Mario today. Super Mario today. We have much to discuss in the NFL and NBA world, starting off with the Denver Broncos. Is their season really over? The 2021 quarterback class and Zach Wilson's rough showing on Sunday. Trick or treat, basically, or sounding the alarm segment, but change for Halloween. Happy Halloween, fellas. And then we're going to talk about some NBA hot takes from this guy right here. B-Cap, how are you feeling after that Sunday showing? I know you haven't had a lot of things go your way this year. It's been a rough NFL season in basically every layer, but I want to know what your initial initial reaction was to the Patriots versus Jets. Business as usual. Meaning? Short and sweet. Business as usual. It's what we do. Beat up on the Jets. Yeah, I mean, did anybody expect anything else? And in, in reality, I get the Jets were rolling a little bit, but Bill Belichick coming off of a loss and then going up against a quarterback like Zach Wilson, I think the writing was on the wall. This was kind of like a Sam Darnold seeing ghosts kind of showing that mm-hmm. I was expecting. And uh, not to say that it's because it's Halloween, but I actually mean it that I, I really felt like Bill Belichick would eat Zach Wilson alive. He did lose his number one weapon the week before and his number one lineman. So I kind of did expect it, but I think in Brees Hall plays, that could have been a different game. So our first topic today is the Denver Broncos. Sail down over there. Y'all are still in last place in the division. So I don't, I don't want to see the, the tears. If you see that today, y'all are not going to the playoffs. <laughs> the Denver Broncos went into London on Sunday morning, fellas, and they got W, their third one of the season, after a first half, which was pretty bad. Offensively, Russell Wilson was not looking like himself. But in the second half, that offense made the timely plays. And in the waning moments, what did their defense do? It stepped up, and it won them the game. I look at what the Broncos have been this year, and four of their five losses have been one score or less. The defense has been at the top of the league, top five, top ten, There's no doubt about it. And now you're getting Justin Simmons, one of the best safeties in the league, back off of IR. Offensively has been the issue with this team. And I'll be honest, I have been hypercritical of this offense for good reason, given how much they invested into it this offseason. But when you watch that game on Sunday morning, I know not everybody was up, but I was. I said to myself, this was exactly what the Denver Broncos needed to get their season back on track. A little bit of a confidence spike against an inferior opponent that you should beat. And for this Broncos group, they get their third win. You now have a bye week. After that, you have a game against Tennessee. That's a tough one, but a very decent challenge to test how good they're going to be in two weeks. You get to rest up, get Russell Wilson right after a very good second half, leading his team to victory. And then after that, we have two games versus the Raiders and the Panthers on the road. If you're going to tell me the Broncos can't win all three of those games, I think you're crazy because more likely than not, they're going two and one right there. And they're, what, six and six or five and five, five and six? going into a very tough part of the season, but this team's going to get the confidence offensively. And with how good their defense has been this season, I want to say, fellas, I do think the Broncos are going to squeeze into the playoffs. <laughs> Last fall to court's bad. Is that really that crazy to say? Nine, ten yeah. wins? Yeah. Are the Colts making um, just, playoffs? Just seeing that, it doesn't matter. Just seeing that the fact that they still have to play the Chiefs twice, 
they've yet to play the best team in their own division. Um, I mean, let, let's run down the list real quick, right? We got Buffalo. Um, looks like Tennessee is probably going to take the AFC South, right? Chiefs. Um, I would say the Bengals and the Ravens are probably going to get in. So you got two spots right there. So you got the Chargers. You got Justin has possibly a hot take that maybe the Browns, if they win this game and they get rolling and they're 500 with Deshaun Watson, anything can happen. Uh, you still got Miami getting healthy. I, I, I don't see it, man. The, this offense is still, I mean, you say one score games, but my God, they beat the, didn't they, they beat the four downers, what, 11 to 10? I mean, this offense is still not what it needs to be. And while Russ looked better, because I think that they really started to play more towards his strengths, what they sh which is what they should have been doing this whole season, uh, instead of trying to change him, uh, keep him as what he was, which is a very creative and off-platform uh, quarterback. I still just don't see it. I I'm, I'm not a big believer in uh, Cortland Sutton being a number one. Jerry Judy still has a lot to prove in this league. Um, yeah, I I just don't see it with the Broncos. I'm sorry, especially with that head coach. Yeah, and I, I'm with Brandon. I really can't just say after one win against the Jaguars, 9.30 start in London, it's it was one of those games that I feel like were, was up for grabs for both teams. Uh, no team really had an edge going into that game. Um, going back before that, they took losses to the Jets, the Chargers, the Colts, the Raiders four straight losses and after one win against the Jaguars and like I said in 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 London I can't just say oh that's it that's the that's the win that's going to get them rolling uh I was low on the Titans going into the year but the Titans seem to be playing good football Derrick Henry had a big game this Sunday I don't I think he's a wrecking ball and I don't know if Denver is going to stop this team right now because they're playing good football and we've spoken about the the value of what having a well-coached team, a, a very good head coach on the sideline does for your team. And I'll take that battle of Mike Vrabel against Nathaniel Hackett any day of the week. And then you're going to go against the Raiders. The Raiders just smacked you guys a couple weeks before. You know, maybe, yeah, your most winnable game would be against the Panthers, but how winnable is that when you're playing this kind of football? You're, every, every win that you get is a one-score game. You're, you're fighting every tooth and nail for for a win there's nothing that's going to come easy for this team uh and if if they do find their way to squeeze into a playoff matchup uh i don't think they'd stand a chance against the powers in the afc so personally and, i don't even have them making the playoffs I, I think it's over and just look i mean john wants to kind of cherry pick the next three games but after that you got the ravens in baltimore you get Kansas City for the first time. That's in Denver, but still you're facing Kansas City. Then you've got Arizona coming to your house. Then you got to go to L.A. to face the Rams. Then you got to go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. And then you finish the year in Denver against the Chargers. That And the Chargers might be fighting for their playoff spot at that point. I'm sorry. The, this is that That's total overreaction by you, John, for, I mean, a game that really did okay you look good for a half but they still haven't put it together like this isn't like the Buccaneers where if the Buccaneers get a win 
I would be sitting here saying, okay, their confidence can get rolling because one, that they have the greatest leader and the greatest winner and the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady. They still have the talent that we all believe can get them to a deep playoff run. And Todd Bowles is a way better, even though he's struggling, is a way better head coach than um, uh, uh, Nathaniel can't hack it. Uh, almost forgot his name there, which is, you know, yeah, should tell the story. I don't see Nathaniel Hackett really lasting as the Denver Broncos head coach, though. I think maybe he can stay the year, but I even really wouldn't. I just think it, we've seen enough, to be honest with you. It's just not going to work. He's a he's an OC, and he should stay as an OC. I think this has just been a super disaster of a season for Denver, period. I mean, when you lose Javante Williams, one one of the more exciting young players in the, in the game that everybody had high hopes for, especially as fantasy football purposes too. You, you're, you were stoked to have him on your team. But going into the season, you see that offense of what could be. You know, it's, it's it was a ton of what ifs and there was so much potential on that side. And as much as we want to, we could bash Nathaniel Hackett, Russell hasn't performed either. Uh, those receivers haven't stepped up for him either. While granted, Russell has missed some wide open guys. Um, it's It's just been a total disaster for Denver this season. And I think uh, I think they're looking forward to just hitting the fast forward button to the offseason to start fixing this mess, because this season is a nightmare. And even to jump off that, I mean, before the season even started, you lose Tim Patrick, who is the you know third receiver there that Russell was probably looking forward to playing with as well, having three guys um, all really, honestly, if we're going to be honest, number twos and threes on offense. But you still have those guys out there. And a move that I still don't understand why they made is including Noah Font, uh, Fant, Noah Font, Font whatever Come you want to call it, this. In, that, in that trade. But what? Are we not going to talk about Greg Gulich and what he's brought? The rookie tenders had three strong weeks and completely opened up this offense to Russell Wilson? You guys haven't even mentioned up, up until this point. Look, you guys are such Debbie Downers. I look at this Broncos offense and say, with Gulich <laughs> coming in, Jerry Judy's skill set. What and are Russell you Wilson smoking? Is, what are you Russell smoking? Wilson has only taken a step up in this last week. I, I know he wasn't there against the Jets. defending Russell Wilson for the first eight weeks, seven weeks, six weeks of this season while you were coming at me and attacking me for being an idiot, you were calling me. And now one game, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Congratulations. I want to say something else, but congratulations. And you're going to over here and blow smoke up their ass like, oh, my God, they just won the freaking Super Bowl. Calm the hell down. You won in England. You beat the Jaguars. Congratulations. But that doesn't we shouldn't be busting down walls and saying, oh, get put our money in for the Denver Broncos. Like, get out of here with that, man. Like, what? so are we going to say that this is going to change? I read you the games. They still got to play this season. They're not. They're not making the playoffs. You tell me how they're getting through that schedule with the 500 record. You can't. But what you fail to acknowledge here is Russell Wilson was banged up. He didn't play against the Jets. All you need That's is what one I win was going saying. into the What are you week? talking about, John? I was making that argument early in the season, and you said, pish posh, applesauce. I know. I don't care about that. You're not because following if you're me. injured, quoting, quoting John, if you're injured, I evaluate you. And now he gets a long week to rest up and heal. This Broncos offense has had to overcome a lot this year. You lose your left tackle, you lose your star young running back, and you lose your, you lose your third receiver and your tight end that everyone's expecting to break out did not break out. But at the end of the day, you can't count on a Hall of Fame quarterback with an elite defense. 
in the NFL, when you have a defense as good as that secondary, that special that is getting right and only improving and the head coach is being more given more time to start to improve things. You can't tell me this Broncos offense has no chance of being halfway decent by the end of this year, because I think it can be, if it can score more than 17 points a game, they're going to have a winning record to end the season. And my thing here is if you get three wins against the Titans, the Raiders at home and the Panthers, all of a sudden you're six and five and you do play the chiefs two times. Yes. But now you're playing your best football going into Kansas city. Better yet. You still have one more game against the chargers and you get to play the Raiders. So if you can take those matchups and you split with them, all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's playing their best football in December. And that ultimately is what decides playoff teams. I've seen it like in two of the last three years of the Steelers. That's how they get in an elite defense, a hall of fame quarterback that was banged up, but now he's starting to get right. And we saw it last year in Seattle, he was hurt. They recovered from the thumb and he nearly brought the Seahawks back to the playoffs after a horrid oh, start. No, you, no, you, you just no. said 17 points. They need to score 17 no. points. They score more the, in three, three games before this, I mean, they're barely scratching 10. Oh. Nine Bro, points no. against the Colts, nine points against the Jets, and 16 against the Chargers. Their highest points score. are 23 points. Bro, hold on. Bro, no. You can't make this argument. Now, I don't know what happened from now and when we were having this conversation three weeks ago, but you can't make this argument. When I was saying this all off season, I was saying this during the season when he was struggling and I was looked at as the guy with a big head, like get out of here with that. You, I, I, what? <laughs> so John, are you officially going to say Broncos country? Let's ride. No, I'm not saying that. But I want to be very clear with you guys. Everyone's saying the Broncos have no chance this year. What I'm saying is no one's given this defense their damn credit. And that tight end as a rookie has come out and been a standout through three games. Mm -hmm. And the second of those two matchups is with Brett Rupian. You can't tell me if Russell Wilson is healthy and building a chemistry and more so confidence in this offense, that the offense can't be decent. And with a halfway decent offense that's going to move the chains and make the timely plays, that defense is going to win them games. It's not a hot take. It's right before our very own eyes. It's just a matter of being able to project what is very clear. I root for Russell Wilson, and I hope that he has a successful run, but I'm sorry. You're, this offense is really bereft of weapons. The coach, he ain't the guy. Defense is great. I'm going to give you that. That's fine. I think anybody with eyes can see the defense is great, and the reason that they're winning games is the defense, but I'm sorry. This is this is ridiculous. I mean, pull up the tapes of you telling me that I'm stupid or whatever for just saying for sticking up for I Russell Wilson. That. I know that. I'm just I'm paraphrasing or whatever. Your basic statement was, Brandon, you're you're great. Like this offense sucks. Like Russell Wilson is washed. He's not what he once was. Blah blah blah. All this stuff. And and listen, I think we need to pump the brakes. I don't believe I ever said it. And if I did, I'm, I apologize if Russell, I apologize if I, if I ever said Russell Wilson is a Hall of Fame quarterback because I do not believe that. Um, that that's not a crazy statement to say. If I don't believe Eli Manning is, if I don't believe Phillip Rivers is, why is he? Because he made it to two Super Bowls. I give him that respect. But again, we're going off of the entire career where are the other things that you have accomplished in this league? This episode is brought to you by our friends at Best Amp. When it comes to sports betting, Best Amp is changing the game. 
you want to maximize your return. And with the Best Stamp app, all you have to do is download it and sign up on their different affiliate sportsbooks, and you can see all the best odds given straight to you in one single place. The visual tools are very helpful, and by the end of the year, you can use it for accounting. You can get all the analytics that you'll need so that you can bet like a pro. Be sure to use our referral code at WiseGuys, W-I-S-E-G-U, why, yes. Thank you to Best Stamp for supporting us. And as always, back to the show. He's still got years to go. He's 33. He's, I mean, uh, realistically, if he can stay healthy, I mean, he we, we see the quarterbacks can play longer nowadays, but we'll see. He can change the narrative. But again, what was the narrative of why he won that? So what does everybody say why he won the Super Bowl? Give me the answer. It's easy. Why do they say? Defense. defense. Thank you. That's what I've heard all the time is that the defense carried him to that Super Bowl. The defense carried him to the second Super Bowl. The defense was the reason why they were successful. And once the defense fell apart, the Seahawks started to fall apart. That's all I've heard. Brandon, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Who is the greatest Seattle Seahawk of all time? Oh, um, um, oh, God. No, he didn't play for Sean Alexander probably has got a, um, a case. Um, Are you serious? Uh, did, do you know Sean Alexander? Yes, I know, but he did okay. not have – relative to Steve Ward and Bobby Wagner, it's Russ. Anambo. I mean, okay, Rod, Richard here? Sherman could have a case, right? Yeah, no. he's, he's up there. I but don't think – as the greatest Seahawk of all time? He's like top five, top seven. There's probably there's – an, oh, there's an offensive lineman we're missing that's a Hall of Famer. I forget his name. Um, I think he played in the 2000s. Uh, but yeah, no, I wouldn't be the one to be able to answer that because I don't know my Seattle Seahawks history like that. But Walter I think it's Jones. crazy for you to just for you to just disregard a Sean Alexander or Richard Sherman. I think they're right. If you're saying the reason they won the defense, they won the Super Bowl and got to the Super Bowl is their defense. Who is the best player on that defense? I mean, who was carrying the Richard playoffs Sherman? in all those years, my friend? After the Super Bowl, check check this out. Uh, I think this this should put that argument to rest. Outside of two Super Bowl appearances and a Super Bowl championship. He has a record of 104 and 53. I'm not oh, trying yeah. to disrespect Sean. I'm not, yeah, not going to argue. I'm not, I'm not arguing I mean, that Russell Wilson's not great. I was the one who's arguing. I still think that he can be a top quarterback in this league. But <laughs> it, it, uh, I guess I, 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 I don't think he's a Hall of Famer off of what he's done so far. I mean, there's so many. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Phillip Rivers has much better accolades and stats and all that stuff. Around him. He doesn't have the Super Bowl, no, but Russell Wilson doesn't have a Super Bowl MVP, does he? Was he the player that won the MVP? No. And Sean Alexander does have an MVP. I'm not trying to disrespect him, but Sean Alexander only had five years. Russell Wilson had a full decade. And so to me, I say, you get the Super Bowl and longevity. I'm taking the quarterback over the running back. Though the running back was out of this world. You're talking to the quarterback guy here. But I'm just saying these guys do have cases. These are I'm not a Seahawks fan. We would have to talk to a Seahawks fan who knows their Seattle history like that. But sure. I would say there are some guys that people would say, "Oh, you're you're out of that are Seahawks fans." That would say you're out of your mind saying Russell. You don't know the history of the Seahawks. Like I said, that offensive lineman. I'm pretty sure he would probably have a great case. He's in the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure. Yes, so, yes. Right well, there. It's between so. Steve Largent and Russell Wilson, I would take Russ. There you go, Steve Largent too. I forgot all about him. A lot of people give him a lot of praise. Bobby Wagner as well, of course. Bobby Wagner had the longevity himself. Those may have been the two greatest. Uh, yeah, but Seahawks. when you think about what where the Seahawks would have been, Legion of Boom aside, it. I mean, okay, yeah, they could have the Legion of Boom, but their quarterback would have been Matt Flynn. 
had, had Russ no. not been there. So I mean, yeah. the narrative on what we how we view the Seahawks franchise is completely different because of Russell Wilson. Yeah. So uh, let's just also say this uh, to people that are watching this: none of us here disrespect Russell Wilson. None of us think he's he's trash. And I think the narrative that's been going out there talking about his personality and and, and coming at him. It, it's kind of it's kind of it's a low blow to me. Mm-hmm. Just talk about his his game on the field, and if it's mm-hmm. regressed, that's fine. But don't attack the guy's personality because day in and day out, Russ has been a winner in the in this football league. And and you know what? I'm pretty damn sure any of those teams at the bottom of the barrel would kill for a quarterback like that. So uh, this isn't a Broncos did. slander Russ thing. This is just a Denver Broncos need to wake the hell up thing because and, and, and they I'm, do have a special quarterback. Right. And and I'm the and I'm the guy who was carrying the you know the flag for saying it's not Russ it's the it's the team, so that's all I gotta say. I ain't blaming Russell Wilson. I want to see him succeed. It's just mm-hmm. I don't think uh, I think this season has been a disaster. It's really has not gone nobody's way. Maybe it is Nathaniel Hackett, but or but like I say, players need to play, and, and all, all those players need to step up. We have to talk about the 2021 NFL draft because talking about not very good performances, Zach Wilson was terrible on Sunday against the Patriots. And to me, it was a culmination of really just dis- disappointing play over the last, I don't know, year where consistently he has not shown progress. Both of you guys, New England fans, and of course you have had your, uh, outside of Geno Smith, You've had your uh, fair share of success against young Jets quarterbacks. But I want to ask you guys, when looking at the 2021 quarterback class, what is your top five rankings? Because we did this a couple of weeks ago. Only about 30% of first-round draft picks succeed in becoming a good to a above replacement level starter. And when you look at the draft class, I think we could all agree, not all five of those guys, and Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and Justin Fields are going to hit. So with what we have seen through seven weeks, what are you in on or who you in on and who are you out on? I think the only person that I'm fully in on is Trevor Lawrence. I think everybody else has a case to prove. Now I will say that I don't think Zach Wilson is going to be anything. So he's out. Uh, I'm still not a believer in Trey Lance, whether that has to be with injuries or just he's very raw talent and we really haven't even seen much of him. Um, Justin Fields, while he's looked better the last two weeks, still not a big believer. So that leaves what? Um, Mac and Trevor, right? Yeah. So, and Mac, I think, still has some stuff to prove, even though I think he is probably. Eh, I know people are riding hard on Trevor Lawrence because he's played very well. And I'm, I'm with that. I love Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think if he had better weapons, that he'd be playing a lot better. Um, but yeah, I think those two guys, uh, Trevor and Mac. So while I'm with you on Trevor and while I don't, I'm reserving my judgment on Mac because I feel like he plays in a, on a team that where everybody seems to be replaceable. And at this point, even the quarterback seems replaceable. Um, I'm going to show some love to Justin Fields. I feel like I've been hard on him in the past, but I'm going to change the narrative a little bit and I'm going to say how guys like Josh Allen and, and Tua and their third year when given a true number one wide receiver, uh, how much their games can, can jump 
but leaps and bounds when they when they add a, a new number one, like a Stefan Diggs, like a Tyreek Hill, how much better a QB can be. And I think uh, he's looked a whole lot better these last couple of weeks. And I don't want to overreact and say so much better that, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be an MVP. But I'm saying so much better that maybe the Bears do actually have something there that something can start brewing. Maybe they do have their guy under center because, man, he is dynamic. And you saw it in that game against New England what he can do and just you know this past week while they did lose to the Cowboys and they lost by like 20 points I believe I mean there's not much you can do there on the offensive side when the defense is giving up that many points but he played a solid game against a very good defense there I think you you stick with him you don't give up on that kind of pick uh with that kind of talent you need to just continue to build around him so I'm I'm gonna say I think Justin Fields is legit I'm still high on T-Law. I believe in what the Jaguars are doing. I think Doug Peterson is the perfect guy for him. So T-Law is legit. Zach Wilson has all the skills, all the talent in the world to be that guy, to be that guy in New York. But while he has the, the skill set, he has the arm talent, he has the athleticism. I hate to say it, I don't know if he has the brains. I really don't know. So uh, I, I'm off on Zach Wilson, Mac, Mac Jones. I'm still iffy about after seeing what Bailey Zappi can do. I, I'm not knocking Mac. I know Mac is better than the guy, but he just, he, he's not moving the needle for me just yet. So I, I, I'm going to reserve my judgment on him and I'm going to reserve my judgment on Trey Lance too, because we haven't really seen the guy on the field. The problem with Zach Wilson is, he just can't play in structure. Every single play, it's him scrambling and not hanging in the pocket or stepping up to make a throw. Last year, one of his issues was he just couldn't even hit a guy in the flat, and he was so inaccurate and not taking what defenses were giving him. And this year, it's been the same story. But this last week against the Patriots, he was just even more frantic under pressure. Whenever the heat would come, we've seen it week in and week out. He gets frazzled. He tries to make a play. And oftentimes, he's very good at extending the play. And that is one of his greatest skills, being able to make something out of a dead play. But ultimately, he doesn't know when to throw the ball away. He doesn't know when to just let the play die and move on to a next down. Now, I'm watching this on my couch. I'm sure Zach Wilson knows this. And on, I think, his third interception, he did try to throw it away. But he kind of short-armed it, and it became an interception. When I watch his game, he has the skill set. In fact, this year, he actually leads the NFL in yards per completion for what it's worth. He had a great second half versus the Steelers, and he won them that football game. But since that first game against the Steelers this year, he's been a train wreck. And I say, these next five weeks for the New York Jets are going to determine whether or not he is the guy moving forward. And now I'm not one to give up on a quarterback within two years, but typically we see these guys take those steps that are necessary by their second season. Josh Allen is a perfect example. It wasn't pretty to start, but by the end of it, he was pretty darn good. Jalen Hurts last year was able to help his team get to the playoffs, and he was an asset to them. We see by the end of the year, I mean, now we got 18 or 17 weeks of games. We're going to know by the end of this year, and we'll look at the Jets' next five games. It's one of, one of the toughest schedules in the league. I don't know how they got exactly thrown into this. They got the Bills twice, the Patriots again, the Vikings, and the Bears. I couldn't pull up the exact schedule. It wasn't coming up for me. For Zach Wilson, that is for the NFL's best defenses, by then we're going to have a very clear answer as to whether or not he is the guy. The next, really, the biggest quarterback here, the safest option, 
and the one with the most projectable game is Trevor Lawrence. But just like Kenny Pickett this year, he has struggled in the red zone and the fourth quarter of games turned over the ball way too much. Lawrence is going to be good. I don't know how great. I never felt like he was in the same level of a Joe Burrow or an Andrew Luck coming out of school, but he was the best quarterback here. And I feel like he is a full tier above next guy in Mac Jones. Mac Jones is good, but as Patriot fans, you've seen him more closely. Does he have a special or elite skill that can really make him a top-end quarterback? Well, we've, we, I, 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 I dive deep into that in one episode. Um, listen, man, he flashes. He's got the intangibles. We know that. Um, I, I'm not here to talk about Mac Jones right now because I think that Bill is kind of doing him a little bit dirty with giving him um, Matt Patricia and uh, Joe Judge as his offensive coordinators, quote-unquote. Uh, that's terrible for a second-year quarterback. With Trevor Lawrence, again, it, look at the receivers he's throwing to and look at the receivers that Tua has or a Josh Allen has or a, I don't know, keep going down the list, Kirk Cousins, Jalen Hurts, all these guys. I mean, even Ryan Tannehill, when he was doing good, look at the receivers he's had. What is what what, what is Trevor Lawrence throwing to? Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, who's about three, four years past his prime where he could have been like a good, solid veteran receiver, but he's not that anymore. And Evan Ingram, okay. Um, Travis Etienne is show, starting to show that he's got the ability to be a beast for him, and that's great for a young quarterback having a bell cow back to rely upon and turn around just hand the football off. And I believe he can catch the uh, ball out of the backfield pretty well. But let's 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 narrow in on Mr. Zach Wilson, Zachary Wilson, okay? If we will, as I call him, Little Miss Zachy. I want Brandon, I want, I want you can go go the Browns are, are now up 18 to nothing. These guys are killing me. Who do they say gonna beat them being whatever it is? Let's let's move on because that's fine. It's not fine. The Bengals are fine. It's fine. It's just a, it's, it's just your sports it's, update. That's fine. Thanks for the update. Um Zach Wilson. I want it. I want it now. I want my apology, and I want to say that I, I know that, Brandon, you were right. Come on. Come on. Who called it first? Who said that he's careless with the football? Who said that he's got too much faith in his arm? Who said all this stuff about, oh, he's got a big ego. He's, 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 he's he, everything that you guys just said and ego. everything you've heard on him. Come on. Just, just show it. Big cap. It's October. What are we doing here? Okay. I, I can't do it with this guy, man. He literally just tore the set about Zach Wilson. And now he's saying, what are we doing here? What are we doing with Russell Wilson, John? It's one game. Have you it's looked at game. the circumstances? I've seen Zach Wilson. I saw him last year. I saw him this year. You got the guy in Garrett Wilson. Do you not? He's a oh, rookie now, receiver. Now it's, now okay. It's, let's oh, talk about it. Recap. Let's now do this. Okay. So Zach Wilson. As a second-year quarterback, they missed the first three weeks because of a knee injury. He oh comes in with inadequate play designs in the passing oh game. God. The concepts are not very good. His number one receiver requested a trade two weeks ago. Garrett Wilson comes in, but he has been very inconsistent because he's a rookie coming in, and he's just not as good of a George, as a George Pickens. But then you look at the offense as a whole, you lose your best offensive lineman before the season even starts at offensive tackle. Then you lose your best offensive guard in an AVT. Two best offensive linemen out for the year. Your number one back, your best player on the offense, and Brees Hall, who they're building their identity around, tears his ACL, and more. 
So you now lost your best weapon. Your best receiver is a diva. Your receivers as a whole are below average. And the defense, for as great as it is, is not going to support him when, look, Zach Wilson is a project, Brandon. I'm not denying that. But he looks as bad as he does right now because this offense is very oh, flawed. No, no, it's not. If he has no, Bruce Hall, no, the Patriots no, lose on no, Sunday. No, no, because listen, you say that his receiver is a diva. He's a diva. And it's because he believes in his arm way too much. You saw it. None of those things, those problems that you just mentioned had anything to do with those interceptions he threw. Those were all on him being a complete and utter idiot under under uh, as quarterback. If you're going to throw the ball away, why are you not just chucking it out of bounds? Why are you short-arming it? On that pick, the second pick, I think it was, to Devin McCourty, what the hell did you see? What did you see? You saw four white jerseys, and you decided, eh, I'm just going to throw it up. I'm just going to throw it up, sidearm it, throw my little beautiful pass. I'm Patrick Mahomes. I can get away with it. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I got the talent. Everybody says I've got the talent. Look at my arm. Look at it. What has it got you? What has it got you? What has he shown you that says this guy can be a – really good quarterback in this league because all i've heard is oh he's got it now and now i'm hearing oh the injuries are coming into play i'm sorry does everybody have to do with injuries i'm i'm sorry aren't you the one that talked about you know matthew stafford and tom brady and all these things but we're not giving them a pass are are we even though they are way more accomplished and on levels that zach wilson will never even breathe the same air as all right he's 23 years old i don't give a crap how old he is i'm evaluating him i i picked before the draft i knew before the draft i knew when he was drafted i knew when he suited up as a new york jet i knew when he stepped on the field against the new england patriots last year twice that this guy is not going to be the guy i saw what i need to see he's not and for so you what to is sit that there, awesome? a bust not special nothing around it i mean Oh, what's what's his, what's his comparison? What's his player count? So special. Look at his arm. Look at look at the arm. Look at look at it. Look at the weird angles he throws at. Look. Oh my God, the flick. Look. Look at it. Look at it. Oh, he doesn't throw this way. I'm sorry. Who are the three greatest quarterbacks of all Luigi? time? Usually, under un, undeniably, who are the three? Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana. Did any did any of those three throw the ball beautifully like that? Did they throw the weird the weird arm angles? Did they do this? No, they went out there, played fundamental quarterback, and won the game. Well, what stat matters most? Wins. What's Zach Wilson's record this year? I'm sorry, did he not just play like absolute dog crap? Oh, he did. Is I'm he the just reason? acknowledging he's 4-1. Is he the one. reason? Is he the reason they're winning? No, not okay. at all. Then, okay. But he did win them the game against the Steelers. I don't, I don't care. I don't ones. care. No, I don't care because the defense was the number one thing. Okay. He is He is like Brees Hall. He is, he is like Jimmy Garoppolo right now, where he is not one of the pr- main people you were mentioned when the Jets get a win. You'll mention it's, ro- it's basically a rookie quarterback. I don't care, John. We're evaluating them. We're going to evaluate Mac Jones the same way. Does Mac Jones not have a way to step on? He's he coming from a high ankle sprain back in two weeks. He just got timeout. No, stop. Because you want to you bring up the fact, oh, we make all the excuses for Jack, Zach Jones. Well, Use the same excuses for Mac, Mac. I mean, sorry, Zach Wilson for Mac Jones. Use the same excuses. Who are his offensive coordinators? Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Have they ever coached offense in their entire life as an NFL coach? No, they haven't. Who's his number one receiver? Jacoby Myers? 
was Jacoby Myers a wasn't he a quarterback in college? I think. Okay. Um. um wait. 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 Did he come off a high ankle sprain and come back? Did he get benched for a fourth round pick in name of Bailey Zappi? Did he have to deal with the backlash of the New England Patriots chanting for Zappi while he's out there playing hobbled and playing for his goddamn career in life? Did his confidence probably get crushed by that? And now he's had to come back. No. Well, you're no. telling me he has the intangibles. You're he telling me that special. Uh, so if he has the intangibles, it's not going to affect your confidence can still get attacked. Why do you think, t- why did Tom Brady leave? leave the uh, Patriots because he could never get the respect from Bill Belichick. You can only take so much. It chips away at you. It chips away at you. It chips away at you. 20 years was enough for Tom Brady. The winning didn't solve the problems anymore. Zach Wilson. I don't know what you're seeing. If it's the, you know, if it's this, if it's this, the Oh, look, look at me. Look at the sidearm, Justin. Look at it. Look at it go. If it's that, okay, I give you congratulations. You could throw the ball funky. Are you going to win games? Are you going to play fundamental quarterback? Are you going to take what the defense gives you? Are you going to throw the ball away? Are you going to live to fight another down? Are you going to stop being so goddamn cocky in your arm that you are going to not cost your team the game? Because he single-handedly cost his team the game on Sunday, did he not? Yeah. You know, Dan Orlovsky said it uh, best. Said it beautifully. When he was like, there's a difference between confidence and ego. And ego, ego. and aggressive and carelessness. And carelessness. Yep. And he was he was just saying that Zach is careless with the football yep. and he's not confident. He's it's just his ego yep. out there. He's playing ego ball. So I can see that. I, I understand that. I still believe he has okay. When we say intangibles, when it comes to Mac Jones, I think of the mental intangibles because he's not going to light you away with anything. The he heart. Does. Yeah, he, he has he has the heart on, on the field. He's tough as nails and can play through anything. Um, I mean, he, he just challenged Belichick and that staff. He didn't want to have surgery on that nope. ankle. I mean, the guy wants to be out there. He wants to play football. Now, he's not going to blow you away on the football field with – the special throws that uh, a Zach Wilson could make, but Brandon's right. What good is all of that? If uh, you're going to throw a, a beautiful special throw to the opposite team. But they were Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. You can have all the special talent you want. Sorry, John. You can have all the special talent you want. If it doesn't equate to wins at the end of the day, what do you got? At the end of the day, he's a project. Mac Jones is a ready-made quarterback. I think that's the reason why Mac has been much better. You say to yourself, if Zach Wilson can build a better better process, if Zach Wilson can have the right habits, take what the defense is giving him, and then work his way further down the field, he can be a good quarterback. He has arm strength. He has an uncanny ability to extend plays. And he has good anticipation. But last Sunday was a culmination of bad process. And like Justin said, just careless decision-making. Yeah, I, I think it really is going to come down to, I, I still believe that he is a, he's a special talent. He has a ton of talent. Um, it's just a matter of stay in the film room. You know, you got to, all that work that you're putting in during the week, all the stuff, all the film that you're studying, you got to put it to action now. It's, 
as uh, Dan Orlovsky said, this is not Mountain West anymore. This is uh, the NFL. This is where the big boys play. Baby fish. So now, Brandon, that you got to have your little enjoyment of making I, I, fun I, listen, of the there's real no, I mean, the enjoyment is the Jets' loss. I still it's understand coming. that the Patriots are not going anywhere. I said no. that last week. I'm talking about Tom Brady's Buccaneers, my friend. Okay. Who are now three and five mm. after falling to the Ravens. The Falcons are first in the division at four and four, a team that when Justin said he could beat the Buccaneers, you scoffed. Um, right now are the best team in the division. The Saints did have a 24-point blown uh, blowout against the Raiders. But right now, the Buccaneers, sir, just not very good. And nor have the Raiders or Cardinals. So we're going to do a little bit of a trick-or-treat, basically like sounding the alarm for Halloween. First team up for trick-or-treat is the Buccaneers. B-cap. You said this team can still win 10 or 11 games. Uh-huh. Um, but the trade line is tomorrow, right? And they haven't made a move. And really, nothing is seeming to improve for them. And they're digging themselves into a very deep hole. How are we feeling about the Buccaneers still? Haven't wavered. Still on the train. You got Tom Brady under center. Things can get figured out. You still have the talent. Nobody's going to say that they're bereft of talent. Um, obviously, the Shaq Barrett loss is a big one. Uh, prayers up to him to get healthy soon for that torn Achilles. That sucks. Um but they still have the talent. Um, their players are getting back healthy. A lot of players didn't play in that game against the Ravens, and they only lost by five points. Um, yeah, I, I think that they can still be perfectly fine. With Tom Brady under center, I really never worry, never have, never will. I am concerned. This is a – I feel like – so we're playing this game trick or treat. So I'm going to go, uh, this is a trick. This is a good one. This is looking ugly right now for the Buccaneers. And I've been saying, you know, as long as you got the goat under center, everything should be okay. But is the goat okay? You know, I'm not trying to bring in stuff uh, family-wise, but we know he's going He's going through a lot of stuff too. The The whole Buccaneers team doesn't look like they're, they're clicking on all cylinders. The offense is struggling mightily. Uh, they got some tough ones now. They're going, they got the Rams next week. The Seahawks haven't been a walk in the park for anybody, nor have the Browns and the Saints always give them fits. And then if I go further and further down, we're going to the 49ers and the Bengals. I'm not saying this team is going to miss the playoffs because I fully expect them to make it there. But this isn't looking like the Tampa Bay team that we've seen, the Tampa Bay offense specifically that we've seen the last two seasons. Tom Brady was throwing for close to 5,000 yards each season. I I believe he threw for 5,000 yards in one of those two. So it's, it it doesn't, it does not look good. It really doesn't. Right now we're looking at the NFC South and the first place team is the Atlanta Falcons, Marcus Mariota and and the boys. I, I think that says a lot as to how bad of a state this Buccaneers team is. And I don't want to go into the, you know, panic mode, but Three and five for a Tom Brady-led team. There's a new head coach. Uh, Like I said, nothing seems to be clicking. It really just seems like uh, things are going south in in Tampa Bay. And you're talking Mm -hmm. about we have the GOATs. 
this is obviously a trick because BCAP, you look back to you look back to Brady's last game as a Patriot in 2019, where he lost in the first round. And it's pretty clear this Buccaneer team, just like the Patriots, lack explosiveness and any level of consistency in the running game. You'd expect it to be pretty good with Leonard Fournette, but it's been bottom of the league this year in efficiency. So we can say all we want, they have Brady, and Brady has been the last of this team's issues. But just like any other quarterback, you need high-level support. That's why I take certain guys over him. I don't think he's a Patrick Mahomes that can just lead you to 10 wins with a crappy roster. I think Mahomes can do that. Brady really cannot. And we're seeing right now, this is a flawed football team that lacks discipline. And defensively, like you said, they've been missing a lot of players. Antoine Winfield, Akeem Hicks, and now Shaquille Barrett is out. Ultimately, just like Cincinnati Bengals, they are being embarrassed so far this year and talking about the Bengals we're going to add them the trick-or-treat because this is Halloween themed and right now I'm watching the Bengals defense get obliterated by Jacoby Brissett say what you want about them not having Jamar Chase who was out I get that but I told you guys last week all the Bengals have played this year is backup quarterbacks Jacoby Brissett is up by four scores against them right now you beat Marcus Mariota last week congrats you barely beat the New Orleans Saints, and who was their quarterback that week? Andy Dalton. So that's the last three weeks. You did lose to Lamar Jackson. The week before, you beat Teddy Bridgewater. The week before that, you beat Joe Flacco. And the week before that, you lost to Cooper Rush. And week one, of course, Joe Burrow coming off of his appendix surgery. He's not had the best game. That's totally okay. I look at this Bengals team and say to myself, just like the Rams, we have overrated them because of what they did last year. And right now, it doesn't help having no chase, but this defense, I mean, it's it's tough to say that both the offense and the defense, given the coaching staff, is going to be clicking to go back on another playoff run. I think the Bengals can make the playoffs still, but they're about to fall to four and four. And in this division, it's all about health. It's a war of attrition. There is a real case the Bengals can miss the playoffs. And I'm going to say it. I think this team's been tricking y'all. Oh. I mean, up until this point, their defense hadn't allowed a touchdown in the second half. Now they have, so that streak has been broken. But I don't know. I think the problems with the Bengals are still the problems with the Bengals. I don't think it's anything new. I don't think it's shocking anybody. Um, Yeah, uh, they're more of a team. It's very similar to the uh, Buccaneers um, and the Rams, where they're not performing to the level that we thought. And – I believe that they got better in the offseason adding the players. Obviously, that has not worked for some reason. Um, can't really explain it. Uh, if I had to blame somebody, I would blame Zach Taylor. But, um, again, yeah, I'm not going to panic on them. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I still think the Bengals can um, um, make it to the playoffs. I still think that they can win the division because I don't think the Ravens have been very impressive this season. Um and yeah, so I'm not worried about the Bengals. I think they're still a treat. Uh, while, yes, I'm going to stick with my divisional pick of the Ravens winning the AFC North. Uh, I still believe the Cincinnati Bengals, their offense is, is so deadly. And we've seen what they can do in just a one quarter. They can light up the scoreboard on you. And next thing you know, you're down double figures and looking up. You know, you're playing catch up very quickly with this team. So I'm not going to hit the panic button on this squad yet. This is an ugly game right now, 25 zip at the moment. 
not nothing is clicking and, and you would think with the talent that they have on on their offense even without Jamar Chase that they'd be able to to field a competitive game but it goes to show you I guess just how valuable Jamar Chase is to this offense and, and Joe Burrow but I'm, I'm not gonna panic like I said I still believe this team will pick it up again as I said uh, before Joe Burrow just had his best game of the season not too long ago he went crazy against the Saints went crazy against the Falcons um I think just one bump in the road is is no big deal. I think they'll be right back on their high horse against Carolina next week. And I will just say that Joe Burrow is 0-3 against the Cincinnati, uh, not the, uh, against the Cleveland Browns in his career. So, I mean, that could just be a case where it's a divisional opponent. This is the team that he's going to struggle against. I mean, we know that AFC North rivalries are always going to be tough and gritty games. Uh, so that could just be the case for this game. So that's – I'm not going to take that much stock into this game because of those reasons. Maybe I'm overreacting because DJ Reader's been out and Trey Hendrickson's been banged up playing through injury in this game. But I just feel like the being goals like the Ravens and the Steelers are feeling the effects of being the favorite and secondly, actually dealing with injuries when you have expectation as well. So the next team up talked about the Buccaneers and we dove into the Bengals. Ooh, it's the Raiders, blown out by 24 against the New Orleans Saints in the game that I had them winning, and they were favorites. And well, you can say the Raiders did not cover by any stretch. Derek Carr, the Raiders banked on as their franchise guy, and this offseason doubled down on Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones, and a team that could compete with the very best in the AFC West. And a lot of people felt they were underrated this year, though. They've been banged up on offense, and really the only positive has been Josh Jacobs. That, that was it. And this last week against the Saints, nothing was clicking. It's pretty obvious this is a trick, but I want to ask you guys a more deep question. Have the Raiders shot themselves in the foot? I'm going to go with this is a, a trick. I've been I've been trying to trying my best i've been flip-flopping with these raiders i I want them to win i I, i'm a fan of josh mcdaniels i want the guy to succeed as a head coach i love Devontae adams and i'm a big fan of Derek carr but right now this team just you just don't know what you're gonna get out of them week in and week out you really have no idea and prior to this week they were playing games that were always tight aside from the game against the texans that win big win uh, they were losing some close ones, winning some close ones. They got smacked. Twenty-four nothing. Can't even put up a damn point. Can't even get a freaking field goal. When you got one of the best kickers in football too, you can't even get him in field goal range. I, I think this is an absolute disaster right now going on with the Raiders, and the, I, I just have no confidence that at two and five right now. The teams above you, you're not going to catch them. This division is way too good. I know Denver's inconsistent, but right now they uh, – how much better are they to, to the Broncos? I, I, I don't think that it's, it's that much of a big difference. I don't like neither one of those teams at the moment. Uh, wild, wild West isn't so wild right now. So, yeah, I mean, big stat that jumps off the screen is the Raiders are 0-4 on the road. They can't win on the road. Um yeah, for some reason, the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection from Fresno State is not clicking now. Uh, 
Josh McDaniels is being kind of exposed again as not a head coach. And I'm actually kind of glad because there was a little bit of a time period towards the end um, of his tenure in New England where I was saying, you know, I, I wouldn't mind giving Josh McDaniels one 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 shot at if when Bill walks away as the take the reins in New England. And I'm glad I, that we were not the team that had to deal with that. And it's the Raiders because. Yeah, he's not. I'm pretty sure I said a couple of weeks ago that I would not be surprised if Josh McDaniels ends, ends up back in New England in a year or two. Uh, it's not working out, and it's kind of a direct, you know, like fault on Josh McDaniels. You're an offensive guy. Devontae Adam gets one catch all game. I mean, you can't even draw up a slant route or something, a screen pass, just get him involved. Like, this is ridiculous. I mean, you got Darren Waller out. He's one of the best tight ends in the league. But still, that means you've got to feed and feature Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams more. And it just seems like Derek Carr is going out of his way not to over-target Devontae Adams. And I just don't understand why. Like, bro, like, you have one of the best receivers in the NFL, if not the best, and you're going to not even look at him? It this team is falling apart. I mean, it, it started with the John Gruden last year where they actually were kind of tr- starting to make a little bit of strides. You know, you saw some promise with them with John Gruden, then John Gruden, you know, shot himself in the foot for being a complete idiot. And then they kind of, you know, they battled back after all that adversary adversity. I think they made it to the playoffs last year. Right. Um, so they battled through that adversity, but then, you know, you get Josh McDaniels and, I don't think it's a coincidence that they're not – you go out and get Devontae Adams and you're – what is – yeah, they're failures. It's a, it's a trick. So, sorry, Las Vegas Raiders fan. Even though I root for Las Vegas because I've always rooted for a, a team to be in Las Vegas, like a football team, baseball team, basketball team, all that. I think Vegas is a huge market and should have a, a sports franchise in all the major sports, but it sucks. You, you know? got to go At to least the stadium. They, yeah, at least exactly. I was just about to say, at least the stadium's great. <laughs> at least you got that. <laughs> Sounds like an awesome experience. But the Raiders' issue was the fact you had Derek Carr, an absolute high point in his value, but you knew what Derek Carr was. They should have traded him right then and there because his value would never be higher. He's not top John, ten quarterback. John Gruden knew exactly what he was. He wanted to move on from him. No matter what you think about John Gruden's, you know, emails and off the field stuff on the field, the guy knows his sports and he knows quarterbacks. That was kind of his, you know, forte. And he never believed in Derek Carr. He wanted to move on. So he did a pretty good job pretending he did, if that's the case, because he always was very supportive of Carr. And I'm not looking to hate on him, but you watch this Raiders team now and say, number one, Bad head coach, number two, a top heavy defense. Yeah, Max Crosby's like that one image where you've got like the Lamborghini and the, and the rundown house. Yeah, him and Nate Hobbs, nothing else. And then offensively, you know, Josh Jacobs, I'm happy for him to be balling the way he did after getting his fifth year player option declined. But I mean, the Raiders, they're just too top heavy, not disciplined, not well coached. And this entire stack of cards is going to fall upside down. Last team, this is actually a really fun one. I like watching them. It's the Arizona Cardinals. When talking about entertainment and the production aspect, the Cardinals are a highlight reel nonstop. You get DeAndre Hopkins back, and he has been very much the same guy he was, a top 10 receiver since returning that the Cardinals offense is going to go at all the time. And Kyler Murray, for what it's worth, is a great fantasy quarterback. He's a ton of fun. He's unique. 
But at the end of the day, you had the second highest paid quarterback in football and a roster built to win now. And the result for, what is it, a fourth year now, Kyler Murray, is underperformance. A three-win team, last in the, in the NFC West, and really, you're cementing, you're cementing yourself into purgatory with Kyler Murray. Just like the Raiders, not a good head coach. Cliff is probably better than McDaniels, but not by much. A GM who has done a poor job, a very poor job drafting after getting Kyler, and just a roster that lacks leadership. The defense has had some moments with JJ Watt, who's been healthy, but it's a very flawed football team. And it seems like they're content with being flawed, but exciting. <sighs> it's very obviously a trick here, fellas. But is there a silver lining here at the Cardinals? Could they potentially make some move that could get them over the hump past just being a borderline playoff team? You know, I, like you mentioned, you said leadership. Leadership is a big thing. And if you're not getting it from that QB room, where are you getting it from? And are you getting it from your head coach? Um, that's the big question. Who's the real leader there outside of J.J. Watt? I think D-Hop leads by example. He goes out there and he shoves but he's also was just suspended for the first six games. So that's, I don't know where you're getting that from. I think this is a very talented group. I think Kyler Murray is super talented um, and he has all the makings to, to take this team to an, another level with D hop there, because you have your number one and D hop, like you said, he looks absolutely fantastic since returning. Um, they were in this game. They were in this game, uh, a couple turnover turnovers and, not being smart with the football is really what cost them here. I think the the real credit should just be, hey, Minnesota just keeps finding ways to win. But I'm going to say uh, Arizona's a trick here. I think they have talent. I don't think they're good enough. And I, I've been saying that from the beginning. They're not good enough. I don't think Kyler Murray's ready to lead this team. Uh, I think he's looking forward to playing Call of Duty when he goes home. And and he's okay with, with where this team is at. I don't see that, you know, I'm not seeing fire, man. I'm really not. Yeah. Uh, one thing on that Call of Duty thing, one of my friends told me to bring this up. I think last episode, and I completely forgot. But I think he said he saw something online. I I didn't really look it out, but he said he saw something where there's a, a, a pattern going on where if it's double XP week in Call of Duty, Kyler plays bad. And when it's not, he plays good. Uh, I don't know if that is real, if you want to you know look that up for yourself, but... If that is the case, then that's just kind of, I mean, it's its laughable. Like, Justin just reacted. It's laughable at this point. Um, Yeah, the Cardinals ain't going nowhere. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think he's the guy. I think he's either better suited as an OC or a college head coach. Uh, should have never got the job in the first place. Was not qualified to get the job. We should really mention that. There were so many more guys way more qualified to get the job than he did. Um. Yeah, this team's not going to go anywhere. Sorry, Kyler Murray is a high school. He plays like a high school quarterback. So, When you look at teams in the NFL and sports that are stuck in the middle, at each and every single point on the way to mediocrity, you have options. With the Raiders, they could have moved Derek Carr and rebuilt. They chose to try to win games. With the Cardinals, they could have fired Cliff Kingsbury at this last offseason, but they extended him. Meanwhile, there are guys in the market like Brian Dable, Mike McDaniel, and a few others. I would even take Matt Eberflus. I know he's not an offensive guy, but he has been pretty, really good in Chicago. He deserves his flowers for building a strong, a really competitive team over there. And with the Cardinals, that was their biggest mistake. Now, they can still fire Cliff, but 
Who's going to replace him if you do? It's a massive missed opportunity. And the Kyler extension, you had to do. But at the end of the day, you really put yourself in a compromising state where there is no way you could win this. No way. And now you'd be lucky to get off of Kyler because he's really good. But who wants to take on 260 or 160 million guaranteed? I would not want him as a Steelers quarterback. And that's in spite of what he can do and the way he limits you as well with his skill set because he doesn't has a couple of issues in this game. Last team is the one that beat the Cardinals this last week in the Minnesota Vikings. They're six and one to begin the season, finding ways to win. Jared, before you said Minnesota's a trick. I think you meant Arizona, but if you didn't, starting off with you, my friend, these Vikings keep finding ways to win. But is this team any different? Oh, you, you said me. My bad. Uh, but yeah, you're you're probably right. I said uh, Minnesota was a trick. I thought I said Arizona. Okay, well, you know what I meant. You picked up on it. Uh, I think uh, Minnesota's the treat, man. I think they're a treat. I, and I'm not going to fall into the Kirk Cousins primetime game thing. I'm going to put that to rest. I'm not even going to bother discussing it. And I'm just going to say the Vikings are just finding ways to win football games. And you got to respect it. You really just have to respect it. This defense was laughed at going into the year. We've said this is their weak point. Their defense has stepped up and made plays when, it, when they needed it most. They could have lost that game to the Cardinals. They could have lost to the Dolphins. They could have lost to the Bears. But nope, they're finding ways to win. Kirk Cousins isn't throwing them as much into danger. Jay, the, the Jet, man, he, he's just killing it out there on the outside. I think they have fantastic weapons. Dalvin Cook looked like Dalvin Cook on Sunday. And I, I feel like they're just clicking right now. I mean, preseason, we, me and John initially had them winning the division. And then I think we backed off because we were like, oh, it's so weird to bet against Aaron Rodgers. But they're proving, they're proving this this to be correct that Minnesota is actually legit and maybe they're actually ready to take that next step. By uh, next step, Justin, do you mean like they'll win the division? They'll take one from Rogers and maybe they can get out of the first round. Out of the first round. Well, if they win the division, they're going to be getting a home game. So that's big for them. Um, but then again, they'll be playing in a primetime game. Uh, and I know I you don't want giants. Yeah. You act like you have not been riding the Giants, you know what, for the past, I don't know how many weeks. Yeah, but that's a very um, winnable game for the Spike. It is. It is a winnable game. I'm not saying that, but uh, God, that if that matchup happens, oh my God. Um, Playoff game for the ages. Here we go. Um, I just really am not a believer in this team. I, I don't know. What it is, maybe it's because basically the last what five games, like Justin said, they've they've all been one score games. They easily could have lost all those games. And the, the two games that have been wide margins were week one against Aaron Rodgers, um, and week two against the Eagles in prime time where they got smacked up. Uh well, I don't know. I mean, they got the commanders next week. I'm a big Taylor Heineke guy, but I mean the commanders could win that game. I'm not gonna count them out. Uh, then they got the Bills. They go to Buffalo. Oh, boy. And they play the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are riding high. And I think, that, yeah. New England on Thanksgiving. And then you get New England in a primetime um, uh, game on Thanksgiving, like Justin said. It, it, I mean, I just I, – I don't believe in this team for some – I just really don't. And maybe it is probably Kirk Cousins because I love Dalvin Cook. Um, I think Adam Thielen is still a serviceable wide receiver. I don't think he's – 
I don't know what his salary cap is, but if he's getting a lot of money, like 15 million, he's definitely not worth that anymore. Uh, Justin Jefferson obviously is one of the top five receivers in the NFL. This defense is starting to play a lot better than it did last season, but it's just, for me, I just, I don't know. I just, there's something missing for me. I think sleeping. What's missing is the top end, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, as continuity in the system. And the difference between this year's Vikings and the Vikings the last three years is they're winning close games. And we always say, well, if they're winning close games, they can easily, no. When you win close games, it's a testament to great coaching. And this is where I'll give a tip of the cap to Mike Tomlin, a coach I've been very critical of. When you look at Belichick, Vrabel, Tomlin, Brian Dable in New York, they always find ways to win games. Their team step up, and most of all, they are resilient. They buy in. And make big time place. They don't get, you know, kerfuffled about the last possession. They're going to move on and do their job. When I look at this Vikings defense, it's Darius Smith. He was the biggest X factor on this entire team because if he stayed healthy, we're looking at one of the best edge rushers in football. If he didn't, we're looking at one of the best, one of the worst defenses in the league. So far this year, through seven games, leads the league in sacks. He's been huge because he's been healthy. You look at the secondary, Cameron Dantzler. You add in those young players, an injection, a spark to that group. And with a much improved edge rush, the defense this year has been so much more, how do I say? It's been better to close games. And last year, whereas they would lose all these games in the fourth quarter, finding ways to not pick up a W, this year it's a complete 180. And Kirk Cousins is comfortable with a ton of weapons. And yeah, I think the Vikings can easily win a playoff game. If they're playing at Dallas, I'm favoring them. If they're playing the Giants, I think they win. And really, if they're winning this division, there is a chance they can go back to the NFC Championship game, and that would not be crazy to say. Nothing else to say. They definitely, uh, you should definitely not favor them over Dallas. I don't know, but that's your your prerogative, I guess. Awesome. Score update. Nick Chubb found the end zone again. A lot to a little. This is a score. Yeah, 32 um, to The most impressive one was the Amari Cooper catch where he outrun both yeah, no, DBs. Like, crazy. oh, my God. If only I didn't play Christian McCaffrey and Kyler Murray and DJ Moore in one week, I probably would win my, my fantasy matchup. Did DJ Moore uh, lose a fantasy point for taking off his helmet when the game is still tied? Or no? <laughs> I wish. I wish he lost a couple. He has 29 in this thing. That is pretty good. BCAP, we have to kick it over to you. I believe you have a top five ranking for us in the NFL. Top five, top five, top five, top five. Yes, 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 yes. yes. All right, so we should start off from number five, right? It's only right to build the suspension. I'm like Justin did a couple weeks ago. Um. So here's one of my confuffles where I'm having a problem with. Should I include a team that was on their bye week or should I only include teams that have played the last week? Include the team on the bye week. Include the team on the bye week? Okay. So that was Kansas City, if anybody was um, wondering. Um, Let's go. I'm going to put. I'm going to put Kansas City at number five right now. Um, I think the defense needs some work. I think the offense is fine. You still got Patrick Mahomes. You still got Andy Reid. Um, they just made a move for Kadarius Tony. I know a lot of people are high on it. I'm 
still got to see it to believe it. Um, but if anybody can get something out of nothing, it's Patrick Mahomes. So I'll put I'll put the Kansas City Chiefs at number five. At number four. Oh man, this is a tough one. Um, I, I I went back and forth. I'm gonna. I'll put. Um, actually, you know what? I want to make a correction. I'm gonna put Minnesota number five. I apologize. I put Minnesota number five because I just forgot about them. I put Kansas City number four. And I switched them because I I, I believe in Patrick Mahomes over Kirk Cousins. Number three, I'm going to put the Dallas Cowboys. I really like how the team is rolling now. I think Dak Prescott is just going to get better with more time going. Uh, him and CeeDee Lamb looked like they had a better connection this week. Blake Jarwin uh, getting healthy. Zeke rested. He's going to be back. I love that one-two punch of the power back and the explosive back. The O-line is just getting better with time. Still got Micah Parsons, who's a, you know, an elite defender, Trayvon Diggs, Leighton Van Der Esch, Demarcus Lawrence. You guys know the story. Number two, I'm going to put the Buffalo Bills, um, even though that just felt like venom coming out of my mouth because of how much I despise the Buffalo Bills and how happy those Bills teams, the fans are now. What do you got to say, John? Go ahead, Mr. Pittsburgh fan. Jay Ray, he's saying up Carolina at number one. That's what he's doing here. Yeah, PJ Walker's the guy, man. X CFL, XFL, whatever. Baker Mayfield hasn't played football that good in two years. Um, um, stop it! Stop you, it! You realize Baker, two years it. ago, I don't care. Was, to the next. We don't care. To the next. All right, all right. Oh, yeah, we don't you care. Oh, you would think this I, guy is. A, you think he is love, married or related to Baker Mayfield? I love, somehow is I not. love. I love how I'm getting yelled at. I no, didn't I'm even bring John, Baker John Mayfield's up. name up. That was John. And then he wants to criticize me. I didn't even say a word, but okay. <laughs> and then the number one team is the undefeated team. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. I always believe if you're going to make a ranking, even if you don't believe that the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team, they're undefeated. They've got no losses. So you got to put Philly number one. That's my top five. My, my biggest gripe with your top five is – you don't believe in Kirk Cousins. You don't believe in, in the Vikings that much. The 49ers should be in that top five, especially after that showing this past weekend. Oh, they're four and four. Mamma mia. Super Mario has spoken. They're four the and four. And, and did you see what they look like with CMC completely They've in the hole? Did we know that they beat up on the Rams? They, they, that's the Rams, bro. That's your defending Super Bowl champion. Yes, and they did it last year. Swept. They, did they it. just swept. They did and it last not year. Not only that, they looked scary. Jimmy G was playing great football. CMC dominating. George Kittle's back. He's healthy. He's playing great football. It's pretty easy to play great football when you got you know playmakers everywhere to just throw the ball to. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not five, putting two, I'm not three, putting five, San Francisco two. number five. They are four and four, Justin. Who are you taking out? So you're taking Kansas City out of the I'm top five? Minnesota out of the top five. And I'm, I'm taking, not even hesitating. You're taking Minnesota, who's six yes. and one right now. Who cares? If if they were to go head to head, who are you gonna pick in a That's pick not what we're right. arguing right now. Minnesota. We're not arguing that. We're not arguing that. We're arguing but, but who is the best team we right know now. Who's the better team? 
and the record says that they're four and four. They've got losses that are terrible. They lost the Broncos, my guy. Okay. Shit happens. But yeah, and it kept happening four times. They're four and four. They're 500. You want me to put them in a top five list? Come on, man. All my teams. <laughs> zero, one, two, two, one. And you yeah, want me to I put mean, a I mean, you know, the thing is with team. top fives, it shouldn't just go to that. the team with the best records. Just because they have the best records doesn't necessarily make them the best teams. They've had favorable schedules. Uh, maybe they've been healthy as the 49ers Justin. have not been. The 49ers are healthy right now, and they just beat the brakes off of the former champions, and which to me was that. one of the more dominating performances of the NFL season it's, that proved to me it's not. the 49ers are still a threat. They, they do that, though. They did it last year. They did it the year before. They do that to the Rams. Kyle Shanahan owns Sean McVay, except for that one playoff game. That okay, but I'm saying coming off of a loss like the one you had at home to the Chiefs and then going on the road into L.A., beating that team handedly while you turn that stadium into your own home field, which is awesome in itself. Like I said, the 49ers Justin, team looked like they were clicking. Justin, and they've got. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't lose a single game for the rest of the season. They've got three losses to teams that are what under five hundred. They lost to the Falcons, the Bears, and the Broncos. We, we talk. The, the, it's a football saying: any given Sunday, it happens. Every team is beatable. This might be the most bipolar NFL season of all time that I've seen in a long time. Since kids. when are we talking about the Jets and the Giants are both in playoff positions? It's just an odd season. It's the consistency. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that, but it's the consistency. They've lost four times. I'm not putting a team that is four and four in the top five. Are you putting the Titans into the top five? Because no. they are running the ball at an insane level. No, because I'll take Kirk Cousins. 10 times over 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 Ryan Tannehill. Well, even if it's Malik Willis, they're still fun. We, okay, or fine. Malik they Willis. They beat the Texans. Okay. I shouldn't yeah. use – they beat the worst team in football. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Come on. I mean, I, I don't know. Justin's got an affinity for Jimmy G, but it's okay. I love the 49 Brandon, what stat matters the most? Winning. And they're 4-4. Four and four. Jimmy G's working his way back off of off-season surgery. He literally didn't even have a playbook in the off-season. He's being integrated in. He's getting comfortable. No preseason reps. Took the guy some time to ramp up. And for as much as we hate Jimmy, he's going to win you games as well in the regular season. He's going to have to do so. I don't hate Jimmy. I don't hate anybody. You're an overly... You're an overrealist, I think. I think sometimes you're a little bit too critical no. of a guy that is more than capable of leading this team to like a number one seed. Nobody's I mean, he's a serviceable serviceable starting quarterback. He's a game manager. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. But he's like by far the perfect. I, I in my eyes, he's almost the perfect no, game manager. Alex Smith is the perfect game manager. I think you disrespect Alex Smith every time you give him that no, label. Because he changed franchises. No, Game managers don't change. Was... Yeah, look what he did to Kansas City. He made them a perennial playoff team, and he was about to do the same exact thing. Yeah, it wasn't Washington. Andy Reid, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. But it was Alex Smith. Develop those tight ends, the receivers. They Andy Reid. I think you kind of forget, like many people, Alex Smith's first season, he did not have Tyreek Hill. They didn't have a receiver catching touchdown passes, and they are still winning games. Alex Smith is one of the most disrespected quarterbacks just because of his slow start in San Francisco. Jimmy G, I mean, I'm not disrespecting him. He's way better than I would take Alex Smith over Jimmy G any day. 
that's my top five and I'm sticking to it. All right. There's no changing. I'm not putting a four and four team, 500 team. That's not even first place in their goddamn division in the top five. They will be. They will yeah, be. They will be. All right. Yeah. Yeah. They, we know it. <laughs> Seattle's going to win it. No, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> Seattle's going to win it. I know Geo Smith looking pretty damn good. Huh? Looks better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I agreed with the teams in your top five. He does, five. Justin. Come on. He does. Geno Smith is looking a lot better. I mean, he is throwing beautiful passes. Okay, but we're also talking about a guy that had an offseason. Come on, man. You didn't yeah, expect not, Geno Smith trying, not, to do this. You're, you're putting me in a position to discount Geno. <laughs> I'm I not. Because I respect him a ton. I love what they're doing in Seattle. But realistically, we both know, we all know, 49ers are much better than the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, collectively as a team, 100%. But Geno Smith is playing better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Honestly, Jay Ray, I don't know how much of a gap there is between the Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers because that Seahawks team is complete. That draft they had was the best in football. And it's crazy to say they weren't like the Jets or the Giants all the way at the very, very – okay, they had like the top 10 pick. But still, you get the offensive linemen at each tackle spots – Maybe the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year and Kenneth Walker and going off all those things and then address your boy Mafi, they really might be on the same level as the Niners. Yeah. They played. And we should bring up the fact that the 49ers did smack the Seahawks by 20 points with me too. 27 to 7. I think the the 49ers. But it will be a different game, Justin. You have to admit, it will be a different game in uh, December 15th in Seattle on Thursday night. It'll be a different game. Maybe so. That was week two of the season, so I kind of chalked it up a little bit to a fluke. I mean, the Seahawks had 25 rushing yards in the game, abandoning the run. I think they're a much better team now than what they were two, yeah. two six weeks ago. Yeah. All right. But other than that, Brandon, yeah, the Chiefs, they're top, top two. And honestly, they may not be two. That's just my take on Kansas City. We got Drizzy Drake out here, yo, busting out bars, cuz. True. All right, so we're going to talk about Jake Paul. To be honest, I don't think we need to. Jake no. Paul had a pretty crazy fight against Silva. Oh, you want Silva. to? Okay. Silva, I just want to give him credit at 47 years old to move the way that man does because it's a work of art. But I have a couple of NBA hot takes for you guys that I'm sure you're going to react to in a, um, a rather strong manner, but that's okay. My first hot take. I want to see if they just won before against the Hornets. I missed the very end of the game. Oh, they won. Oh, the Kings are down by almost 20 points. Okay, here's my first take. The Sacramento Kings are going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. That's the first one I have. What do you guys say? I mean, what, make the play-in. They're yeah, going to be a playing team that makes the playoffs. Okay, they're going to be a playing team that makes the playoffs. I mean the way the Lakers have looked, so they're they're yeah they're not looking that well. Um, I think the Clippers and Golden State will get it figured out, and they'll be a they'll definitely be in the playoffs. I don't think I'm going to get any arguments from either of you two. I think Utah and Portland are really fooling us. I, I really do. I don't think that they're real. Um, Dame is. No, yeah, I'm not going. to He's hurt right now, Dame. but Dame looked yeah. like his best yeah. version of himself. Um. As a bottom-end team, yeah, no, I don't think you're that crazy because of the way the Lakers have looked and that they can steal a spot in there. 
I don't think that's too crazy. Though. Yeah, I can't say that's crazy. You know, I, while it is a hot take because uh, any casual might might just look at the King's history and say, oh, you you you're just yapping. But when you actually look at the West, I think maybe there's an, a, a legitimate chance. Oh, we should mention, yeah, San Antonio two at five and two. That's not going to keep continuing. I don't think that we yeah. we do owe the Utah Jazz to the Paul Jewish I'm gonna get to in a brief moment though. So Deer and Fox left this last oh well will fly? Yeah, a little gnat just flying around my Mario hat. That might be kind of like how the cans are flying underneath the radar. So Deer and Fox <laughs> left this game tonight with right knee soreness or right knee bruise. And he he's got the game at nine minutes in. When I look at the Sacramento team, fellas, the Kevin Herder trade so far has been a massive hit 26 points tonight and when you add in three wing players who can all take over a game uh, maybe two not harrison barnes and keegan murray and kevin herter it's a goal loss of bonus demontis is just going to elevate those wing players and i think De'Aaron fox this year makes his first all-star team they do though need to make one move off the bench so that's the first one you guys were, were cool with it um the second is the utah jazz are the perfect model rebuild this is how teams should build with Danny Ainge, what he has done is prioritize building a culture and identity they can build upon then through the draft. And it's much like the Boston days where he trades KG and, and um, Paul Pierce, an absolute high point in their value at 37 and 36 years old. And in spite of the, the league kind of trending in a direction of tanking, he actually doubled down on veterans who are undervalued that could build a culture. And then when, when he had those Brooklyn swaps, he turned that into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the other order. And had those young players earn minutes. They didn't just have them handed to them in a losing environment. They had to earn those in a place where it was a playoff team. And you had to fit in line with the culture being cultivated. And that started with an elite head coach in Brad Stevens. The Jazz this year have surprised literally all of us. Their young head coach in Will Hardy has done a great job with his team. Making them defend when they don't quite have the personnel. They're actually playing a game right now I haven't caught. But what this Utah team is doing is competing. They're playing together. And most of all, they're having fun. It's a joy to watch. I'm going to ask you guys, are the Jazz building the right, perfect way? This is how teams should do it. You know, the one thing you said that really sticks out to me is fun. Uh, that's when, when you're just playing with house money and you're just going out there to prove that, hey, I could stick around in the NBA. You're playing with a young team, a lot of guys that, that just want to stick around for a while. And, and, you know, it's Danny Ainge saying, okay, who's going to be a part of this for the long haul, you know? Uh, because with all those draft picks, you're going to have – this is going to be a, probably the youngest team in the NBA for, for a very long time. You're going to have so many so much young talent coming in. Um, I, I think it is a great way to rebuild. And like I said, I'm going to highlight that word fun because guys are going out there just to hoop. And that's, I think, what's dangerous. You're not going out there overthinking. You're just going out there playing ball. And I love that. Not going to get any arguments from me. I don't – See how that was a hot take, John. I mean, it's worked. It worked in Boston. I shouldn't really doubt it working in Utah. My whole thing was that it's just they're not now. They're for the future. So um, it's hard to evaluate them now when their team is probably going to look very different in a couple of years. Uh, I should say, John, they are blowing out the Grizzlies by 23 points right now at the end of the third quarter. Larry Markin has 28, which yeah. is insane. This is back-to-back games. The, they've... They lost to the, the Nuggets, but they started the year off by beating the Pels, the T-Wolves, and the Nuggets. And now you're beating the Grizzlies back-to-back. 
not only are they building the right foundation, but they have found a lot of really good young players. Larry Markkinen is probably the most notable one because uh -huh. the way he is competing this year is so much different than what it was last year in Cleveland. Defensively, he's been buying in, and he's running in transition, really changing his game. He's not making a lot of three-point shots, but what he is doing is attacking the rim with a purpose and a physicality. And I think the Jazz found one key building block in him to go along with a few other gun players in Colin Sexton, O'Shea Abaji, and Walker Kessler, I like a lot. And with the way Jordan Clarkson's been playing, he's been playmaking, being more of a facilitator, competing defensively. You have veterans who are really setting the right example for these young guys and then develop and really learn. They're not going to be handed minutes. You know, Colin Saxon was coming off the bench to start this year, and as was Taylor Horton Tucker, they didn't actually start until a Mike Connolly, a sage veteran that is well-respected, gets into foul trouble. And next thing people know, those young guys are stepping in admirably and actually outperforming Connolly. And it's really setting the perfect culture in Utah. So those are my first two hot takes. The last one, fellas, is the Miami Heat or a first-round exit? So what now? Your Miami Heat B-cap or a first-round exit? Do you have a team that they're going to lose to in the first round? So what are you saying? They're going to be like a seventh or eighth seed and they're going to get bounced? Or I had them being as – they were my five seed. Mm -hmm. And initially, my number four seed was – the Cavaliers number number one, Seventy Sixers number two. The Bucks and the Celtics were tied as my three and four seeds, mm -hmm. so they're going to play one of those two teams. And honestly, that series could get ugly, the way it did in twenty twenty one. So you have them being like a six or seventh, eighth seed. Then I'm saying they're going to lose in a four five matchup in like five or six games against like a you said like a Cleveland. Milwaukee. Cavs are my like, number one seed. Milwaukee. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess, but no, I mean it depends on the matchup. I mean, yeah, if they do face a Milwaukee or a Boston, that's gonna to be tough because those are the two real top dogs in the East right now. Uh, but if they face a Philadelphia or a Brooklyn or even a Cleveland, I have faith that we can beat them. Um, and I I don't know if this team is gonna be is what it is currently constructed. Uh, by trade deadline time, so I can't make a full, uh, you know, concrete opinion on that. But no, it 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 depends on matchup. I mean, obviously, any team it depends on the matchup. But yeah, I would favor them over um, more teams than I wouldn't. The only teams that I probably wouldn't favor them over is Milwaukee and Boston. And with this team that we have now, which is basically the same team that we had last year. And I know um, they added Brogdon, but, you know, we took them seven games. So anything can happen. I believe in Jimmy Butler. I still think he's a top player in this league. Um, rough start to start the season. But, again, it's the start of the season. I'm not too worried about it. So A 2-5 and five start where, guys, I hate to say it, but Kyle Lowry really does look like he's cooked. And he's had some personal issues, which I will acknowledge we don't know the details. Um, but – the Heat must make a move because they've already been passed up in the Eastern mm -hmm. Conference. And there's one player that I really like for this team. The issue is he is kind of injury prone and has had a lot of knee issues. But when it comes to a bona fide prolific score that's going to give you 25 to 20 and 30 a game, it is Zach Levine of no, the Chicago Bulls. No, no, stop right there. Nope. Nope. He's not the guy. Not going to work. Not going to happen. No, he's not. He's not a number one guy on a team. So, no. Is Tyler Hero? No. 
here I'm going to give him credit as really tried more defensively. But, dude, he's been getting bullied still in some of these matchups. Whether That's it's fine. a Keegan Murray or a Steph Curry, he's been getting cooked defensively. Zach Levine is not the games. guy. Zach Levine is not the guy. Is no. Bam the guy? You need somebody, and Zach is probably the most likely one no. in my eyes. No, because you're just trading. You're just trading for a guy that can give you, you know, high prolific play, but he's not going to be that guy. So no, and no, Bam is not going to be that guy. But there, it's somebody else out there. It's not Zach Levine. No. Is it because of the two hundred fifteen million dollar contract plus the injuries? Is that what really does it for you? I mean, that's not. That doesn't help. But it's just the fact that I just don't view Zach Levine as a number one guy. That's getting paid forty million. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. I'd rather not. How about Shea? Would Shea? Cause I don't think he's going to get moves. But in theory, no, how old is Shea? Twenty-four. I like what I'm seeing. He's obviously made a lot more progress than Tyler Hero has made. I would do that deal. I don't think OKC would do that deal though. Let's play this game. If you could add any one player in the NBA that is not top five guy, so he's not LeBron, not KD, not Jokic, not Steph, and not Giannis, to this Miami Heat roster, I want to hear from both of you, what would the player be? Dame Lillard comes to mind right away. Uh, I love a deer and Fox. Um... I'm trying to think of players that are could be out there that you get. Not a Bradley Beal, not a Zach Levine. Justin, do you got any names that could spark my the perfect LeBron. Robin? LeBron James. I mean, that would be lit as hell. I wouldn't mind it him coming back. We obviously have a much better chance at the NBA Finals with our team constructed than their team because the Lakers look like ass. Um, but yeah. yeah. But I'm with you. I'd say Dame. That'd be freaking phenomenal. How about Ron. the guy you labeled the perfect Robin in our last episode? Paul George? George? No. Also, the fact that I just think it the deal should be a little bit more realistic in this. I know it's a hypothetical situation, but that would it, it would just, they never would do it, so. It's a mute point to talk about it anyway. I think mine would be Jalen Brown. Gets to be the number one, one of the best one-on-one -on -one defenders in the game, and transition is only going to choose up their attack on both ends. He's 25 would, years old. I, I, would, I would love that move, but again, I don't think it's very realistic because I don't think that the Celtics would do that just to get like a Tyler Hero. They'd look at it and be like, Never. well, yeah, we're giving up a Jalen Brown for Tyler Hero. Get and Jalen's 26. He just turned yeah, 26. No. But it never would happen, but this is a fun hypothetical. Yeah. Anything else you guys like to add before I kick this thing off? Or wrap it up? You got anything, Justin? I'm good, fellas. Got nothing to say? Ready to take this hat off. <laughs> I would, I'd want to take it off two hours ago. How are you? Hey, I'm a trooper, man. I kept this thing on from the moment, from pre-show to now. So. Good man. They'll wrap up episode number 44 of the Wise Guys podcast. Thank you so much for watching and staying to the very end. Be sure to check out BetStamp. Link is in the description. And as always, we will see you next time. Stay classy.